podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I am delighted to be joined by the family of Tommy Burns. We've got Michael, Jenna, Emma. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. And Mark, how are you doing, guys? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. You. you came here a few months back and it was to talk about the then forthcoming play about your father's life. And we're here now. You've seen it. We're planning the next <laughs> run and we're just here to talk all about it. So for anyone who hasn't tuned into the original, give us a wee idea, we'll start with yourself, um, of the concept, how that was actually brought up, how, how it was introduced to you, and what your initial reaction was. Uh, so it was actually Jonathan, um, our brother that lives in America, he got a call from David Carswell, who is the, the guy that created the full thing, um, basically saying that he had this idea and he wanted to do it, he'd done... I think he'd done a show on Greenock Morton before. Mm-hmm. He's from Greenock mm-hmm. and he'd done a show on Benny Lynch as well, which Mark and I actually went to see. Um, so as soon as Jonathan mentioned it to me, I was like, right, I know, yeah, I remember it, brilliant, that would be so good. Um, and it just kind of went from there. It sort of came out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, it happened very quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then Michael got involved as exec producer. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I know it's, it kind of... Kind of came out of nowhere and just happened all of a sudden, and um, but no, it was excellent. You know, when you think about footballers in the club that you love, and you've got books and documentaries, recently there's been this step into things like films, like The Damned United, and they've recreated Brian Clough and that yeah. famous or infamous Leeds team. And I guess, you know, watching that, I, I used to think to myself, what did the family think of that, you know? Was that a true representation of Brian Clough? Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, theatre plays come in because they are trying to recreate real people uh, and scenarios. So when you go into a, a situation like that, I'll ask you this, Michael, because you were the executive producer, of course. <laughs> um, do you have to give a wee bit of to artistic licence quite early on? 
Um, well, Davy was quite committed to trying to make things kind of as true as possible um, for my dad anyway, because obviously he was a famous one, but for my mum, it was just obviously artistic license there because nobody really knows her personality and stuff like that. But no, I think for the most part, he came to the house and stuff like that and kind of sat down was for a good few hours one night and wanted to know kind of everything like from the early days to like his full illness and everything, just so he made sure he got everything completely accurate. So... There is some artistic license, obviously, to make things a bit funnier, a bit more dramatic throughout the play, but no, most of it was was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're you're watching that back, and we'll get into the nitty gritty of it, but you're watching it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how unusual is that? Because you know the man, and then you're watching someone trying to recreate it. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it was quite a surreal feeling. I thought I don't know if you was kind of yeah. like when it first came on, um, you're just kind of sitting here going. This is this so strange. Like, and at the start, like um, the guy who played my dad, it obviously came on. It was a kind of bright orange, kind of like thick wig and the big glasses and all that. And I think it was meant to be a bit of a kind of joke, joke at the start. Um, But obviously, as it went on, and he kind of almost like merged into like him, like like David asked for he's one of his ties and stuff like that um, where he gives a speech and he's like that have you got that tie he's with that suit so my dad's actual tie on and stuff and he just like he had these mannerisms and you were almost just sitting like kind of like mouth hanging open in a bit of awe of him because you were just like somebody's wee like the way he used to do that with his hand and all that kind of thing and it would almost trigger wee memories like come flooding back to you like things that you don't forget like you would get flashbacks but for me, I don't know, it was this, this hand thing he kept doing. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, just take me right back to being with him and seeing him doing that. And um, So yeah, but you didn't even actually realise he was that he'd done it until mm-hmm. you see somebody yeah. else do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, as Emma said, the thing with the hand, which I like, I could do myself now. Do that, uh-huh. um, the way he touched his glasses, the way he was like, licking his lips, like, mm-hmm. and stuff like that when he was talking. And it was, as Emma said, it was totally mesmerising because you were like, and especially for us who knew him inside out, you almost think you'd be able to pure pick fault in every single thing yeah. that the guy done. But not at all, actually. At the no. end of it, I was like, well, like, this is weird, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're so, like, so like him. It was, yeah. it was strange. We're going to be talking about where the theatre's going next, but I've been looking at some of the, um, you know, social media comments, for example, and someone said that, you know, the emotions that they felt watching it. And I think that when it comes to Celtic, and it comes to footballers and characters and figures who are involved in the club. Fans like me actually think that you do have some kind of knowledge or affinity with individuals, but the truth is you don't know them Mm. at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But people were talking about the emotions they felt Mm -hmm. watching this back. Um, Leading up to the the big night when you were actually going to go and watch the actual play, was there any concerns that it would be too emotional for you, Michael? It was too much for me. No concern, just that it was. No, because see, that I was actually quite lucky because I'd seen it before. I'd been on all the rehearsals and stuff like that, so I kind of knew it was coming. It was them I was more kind of thinking, oh, just watch her to be prepared kind of thing. But um, but in saying that, nothing can prepare you to be sitting, like watching it and like, with other people and things like that as well. It can make it even more emotional. Um, you take it in a bit more, obviously, when you're in rehearsals, it's just kind of snippets of different yeah. scenes. So you're not seeing the full thing kind of run out. When you've seen the full thing run out, it really, it, it beat you. I was tired after it. I don't know what you used to, but I was kind of exhausted after mm-hmm. watching, like, emotionally like, drained. 
What was your role then? Because um, yeah. executive producer, does anybody know? <laughs> executive producer. Executive producer. Executive producer. That's, that's my role. <laughs> Consultation. <laughs> uh, no, I think Dave just feels sorry for me. Um, I was there, I kind of like the additions and stuff like that and the rehearsals and to be fair, I think I was quite helpful a few times, <laughs> like a few of the mannerisms and stuff like that and like Sarah was saying some things like um, she was calling my dad like Tommy and mum would always call him Tommy so yeah. she would never call him Tommy. Those would be things like that, I would say just a little change of that and to be fair, like they all took on board and things so it was... Mm. I think I was pretty useful. <laughs> no, definitely, the attention to detail is so important. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, like you say, people like me, Celtic fans, think they know Tommy Burns, <clears throat> but one person we wouldn't have known is your mum. So, how difficult do you think that would have been to recreate your mum's character? Yeah, I think that girl was a tough, tough <laughs> task to be honest. Um, but we met for lunch before um, we went out with the cast. Um, and Sarah, the girl that played my mum, she was kind of almost like she was kind of sitting down our side of the table. So she's like, "Good, can I chat with my mum?" And obviously, you don't know what she's taking in, like my mum speaking and all that kind of thing, because that was the first time she'd seen her. So, um, yeah, I think it would be tough, but I think she done really, really well. Yes, yeah, like considering you know, obviously there's loads of footage of my dad, and he had all the mannerisms and all that kind of thing. There's not really anything in my mum. There's a couple of maybe like interviews and stuff like that that she's kind of given in the past, but. Um, from just having the kind of knowledge of what she had, like I think she done excellent. Like I think as well for the fact that, like she knows that Mum's going to sit and watch her. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean. So that's the difference because Mum's just sitting staring back at her in the front row. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And not knowing like how you know how accurate she is or not. But I totally agree. She done amazing. They all did. They were yeah, just yeah, incredible. Great. You know, as I said before. Um, once you reach a certain stage as a Celtic player or a figure at the club and people are writing books and, and making documentaries um, you know it's one of these things that I've seen the, the, the two think documentaries mm-hmm. the fact there's been three documentaries made about Tommy Burns over the years isn't there if you go right back to Return to Paradise yeah. and, and all that as well <clears throat> and you know a lot of it's archive footage and all this kind of stuff but it doesn't truly capture for example um, the humour mm-hmm. of the individual mm-hmm. how important was that in the play? Yeah, very, and I think um, obviously Michael said Davy came out to the house and spent a bit of time with us, and that was probably the biggest thing that yeah. that we spoke about because that was that was the version of my dad that we seen all the time. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, and which maybe didn't always kind of come across. Like now, obviously after he's passed away, people speak about that, but I don't necessarily know that at the time it, when he was here with people I know. Do you know what I mean? Like that he had this kind of side to him, so. Um, yeah, I think it was really important. And I think that more than anything really yeah. came through um, because it was just it was a total roller coaster. One minute you're like howling, oh, laughing, the next minute you're like audibly <laughs> sobbing. Do you know what I mean? So it was, yeah, I think they captured that really, really well. And I think that was really important for us, and I think for Davy because I think he really wanted to make sure that was yeah uh, that was right. And yeah. um, the guy Liam that played my dad was yeah he done really, really well, really well. You know, you were talking there about the stories that you hear from other people that played with them or played under them. Mm-hmm. Um, did you learn anything new? Was there anything in there that you hadn't heard before? Do you know, I don't think so. I think actually when David came to the house, there's a couple of stories that you told. And I was like, mm, I never... 
No, there's a couple of stories that you told, like you told, and that Mum told that I'd never heard before. But from like players and stuff like that, no, that I'd, I'd, I'd heard all it before. Yeah. But then seeing that even at the play, like people obviously come up to us, like people are there just kind of watching. They paid for tickets. They were telling you stories obviously you'd never heard. So there's always new stories yeah. coming up about. Yeah. Everybody's always got. Oh, I met your dad one time, yeah. and and it's just great to hear. Like, and even sometimes, like if I go down to the cemetery, like. Well, I can find myself like, sitting waiting because there's people yeah. at the grave, and I'm almost like not waiting a queue. But I would like I don't know. I would never don't just go out and mm-hmm. like disturb people like when they're there. Or a good few times I've been down, and I'm like, he is actually the wind up up here. Like he is, <laughs> you know. Like, it's like I'm. I'll just come and see a wee death of the rosy wee hen. I loved your dad, and then you're out standing with rosary beads with some stranger you've never met before in your life, and you're actually like, I'm going to kill him. Like do you know that heavy, but. Just what you're saying there, like people think they had that connection with him, so that's mm-hmm. why they feel so comfortable doing that because mm-hmm. he would have stood with anybody, and well, he would have stood with anybody inside the deck of the road, probably. No bother. But it's almost like not that you almost need to kind of they, they feel they've got that connection with you now as well because they had it with him and yeah. they, they did think yeah. like they knew him, and it could be people that have maybe never met him before, but they just thought they did know him. So, yeah, it's. Every every single person like I've ever bumped into to say, oh, I knew your dad, or they came out your way to speak to you, they've all got a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it must be amazing to to keep hearing other layers your your father's character. Um, what was it like in terms of winding you guys up? Uh, well, I would who, say who got it the worst? Michael. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> what I mean, I'm target. <laughs> Still today, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, I know. He's I know. learning. Uh, no, probably it would like it would kind of. I mean, if they got it, it'd probably more so Michael. Do you know what I mean? But you wake up in the morning with the water gun one morning. I remember that, <laughs> and then obviously to get like two sponges. Me and John used to share them. He's come in the morning, just scalp these big soaking wet sponges off her face. That was just him in the morning to get up for school. Do you know what I mean? But it was it was constant. Or sometimes he would constant. just you would come in the house and he would just do you remember he used to just pure lean on you like just yeah. all his body weight pure oh, like that and he would just come onto your back and, and it was his whole body uh, weight on you and you'd be like get off me but it was just constant like there was always something he was always up to something or doing something or winding my mum up or yeah yeah it was pretty never ending to be honest like. I feel that you're getting left out here. No, not at all. Carry <laughs> on. Let's introduce you to everybody tuning in. So, yeah, me and Jane have been going out for about five years now. Yeah, so met on a bus going to Ross County as all good love stories start. <laughs> so that's... Uh, but I that's that. I've never seen you on a bus to Ross County at half five in the morning, Paul. You're not a real Celtic fan. <laughs> is that a passage of rights, is it? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, You'll never catch me in a bus to Ross County at half five in the morning again, but uh, no, definitely not. Now, we're, we're talking about um, the character, It's Only Borns, and I'm basically judging this on speaking to people that knew him, the, the books, the documentaries, etc. And the one thing that keeps coming through is football, family and faith. So talk to me, you were, you were telling me something earlier about your father's faith. Tell me a wee bit more about that so that people tuning in understand how important it was to your dad. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was probably the most, the most important thing in his life. Do you know what I mean? Without a doubt, um, because I think it probably centred him in everything that he'd done in his family life and his working career. So, 
um, you know, I've heard that before, the kind of family faith football. Mum always like, no, I think it was faith family football. Do you know what I mean? But she's probably right. And I think for that reason, um, like you'd find a chapel every, everywhere you went. There's a few funny stories actually about him. I think he got his ashes one, uh, Ash Wednesday, obviously. And he was standing at the back of the chapel and the priest is away and I don't know, he's at the back of the altar, but obviously I think his mic's off talking to altar boys saying, um, go and tell Tommy Burns to come down front for, for his ashes. He's got to get back to training. Uh huh, but little does he know his voice is pure booming out around the full chapel. <laughs> <laughs> the whole place My dad just said I've just done that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you stand at the back with the Celtic tracksuit on going. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so important. And, and something as well that he was never, I think a lot of people that have got a kind of strong faith and stuff, they, they don't necessarily, like, don't get me wrong, never kind of flaunt it in your face in, but it's certainly not anything that he ever kind of shied away from or was um, like embarrassed to talk about or anything like that. And I think, in fact, funnily enough, uh, we were at a, a Tommy Burns supper a few weeks ago and met Jackie McNamara. And I think he's spoken out about how he's really found like a really strong mm-hmm. faith following everything he's been through and stuff like that and like he kind of spoke to us that night and he was like, like your dad used to speak to me about stuff like that and I, I totally get it and and sometimes it maybe takes for you to go through something in your life to to need something do you know what mm-hmm. I mean but I think for him I don't know it was just something that was always there and I think probably a lot of it was to do with like gratitude as well he was so grateful for everything that he had in his life and I think he put a lot of it down to like his belief in God and um, yeah I think it felt very lucky, do you know what I mean? I think a lot of it was to do with that as well. So, yeah, no, a massive, massive for him. In Glasgow, a lot of people don't understand just how difficult the divide is, you know, and a lot of that is uh, through religious tensions. And one of the most um, astonishing things is the way that your dad almost broke through the barriers or the barricades even of that and the respect shown to him by the likes of Walter Smith, the late Walter Smith and Ali McCoist. Um, You know, when you look at that, that will come as no surprise to you, but, but go and explain those relationships to those tuning in, um, those who maybe look at Celtic and Rangers and that great divide and how your dad was able to, um, you know, smash through it. Yeah, that's quite a hard one to answer, I think, because it just falls down to the kind of person he was. Um, I think people kind of exuded this kind of warmth and this kind of goodness that came from him and... It came from all these kind of charitable stuff and how he conducted himself like on and off the pitch. And I think what really helped was also Walter Smith as well, not just my dad, but seeing the kind of dynamic they two had, like when they were both managers and things like that, I think that really helped kind of bridge it. Um, and then obviously when they were in Scotland together, um, that really helped. But do you know, I, I don't really know what, I don't know if you've got any kind of thoughts on what helped me dad cross that divide. But for me, that's quite a difficult one to answer, I think. I think it was just like a kind of almost like a respect they had for everybody's a human being. It wasn't like, you know, your Catholic Protestant, your Ranger set. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you'd be the first one to have a joke. Like, there were no Ranger supporters walking out of this house and all that kind of, you know, like just absolute banter. But yeah, it just had a, like a respect for everybody's human beings. And I think like with the kind of Alan McCoyst and um, Walter, it was just like a friendship that was built up there. It wasn't even a kind of, I know everybody else looked upon it as a kind of Celtic Rangers thing, but they were just his pals. Like, mm. I think as well, like, as you say, I don't even know that, obviously, yeah, probably did cross the divide in terms of having that respect, but I don't actually think that really religion was anything to do with that for him. I think if you're a genuine person, 
you should respect other people's beliefs and it doesn't matter, you know, what their religion is or what race they are or whatever else. So I think it's more to do with, like, just being a, a good, genuine person as opposed to, like, a, like a man of faith kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? You know, we're talking about um, Tommy Burns the man. I obviously fell in love with him as a fan and the first game I went to, I mentioned this the last time, was the Tommy Burns testimonial. First time I seen Celtic lift a trophy, Tommy Burns was in charge. Mm-hmm. So he played a massive part in my Celtic support in life. And when I look at him, I remember him more as a manager, just because of my timeline and my age and things like that. Um, could you maybe explain to Celtic fans that transition? Is that something that he felt was his destiny, do you think, to become the manager of Celtic Football Club? Um... I don't know if they ever thought it was his destiny, but what I think was, I remember at the time him thinking, I think this has came a bit early for me, but, because what age was he? Like, dad was what, 37 or 37? 37 years of age. I mean, mind-blowing. Um, but I think he also thought this might never come again. Mm-hmm. And I'm never, I'm, I'll regret it, I'm never giving this up kind of thing. So this is like a once-in-a-lifetime Opportunities. So I think that was more of his kind of um, train of thought. I think anyway. I don't know. Maybe he did think it was his destiny, or he probably did. Like think you know this is my path, or obviously it was. But um, I don't remember him ever really kind of speaking about that. But I, I do remember the kind of. I know it's maybe came a bit soon for me, but I'm I'm going for it. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and again. Social disappointing the way it finished without winning the league. And every player I speak to, you know, like Jackie, and mm. they're all telling us that you know they felt worse almost for Tommy that they, they weren't able to deliver the league title. Um, and then there's the whole disappointment of leaving the club. How much did it mean though when he comes back? You know, he's coming back to Celtic and he stays there, you know, yeah. for the rest of his life. <clears throat> totally. Um, I feel so sad for him as well. That never happened. Yeah. I feel so sad that 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 he never got that, but. I think, um, you know, coming back, and I think especially when Gordon Strachan came back, I think it restored a lot of self-respect for him, which he had in abundance anyway, do you know what I mean? But I think a bit of kind of self-worth and, and you know, what, what he could give to the club and what capacity he should be there. Although in saying that, I do remember when he first started doing the whole kind of youth thing and he had no idea like, what he was doing, yeah. none whatsoever. And I think he went to... Um, did he go over and study like AC Milan, Ajax, Ajax and AC, AC Milan, Milan yeah. so it, it, like he'd done his home journey, he threw himself into it completely and utterly and I think um, it's amazing because somebody was probably so unsure of and thinking is this really where, where I'm supposed to be here actually now there's a legacy of that, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, and some of the players that have come through that still speak about him and I think God what age are they, what age would they have been when he was doing, but they do still speak about him as being such a, an influence on their careers and stuff like that, Um so I think, yeah, like, he, he didn't want to be anywhere else other than yeah. Celtic. I mean, he'd been there in any capacity whatsoever. Um, yeah, he would have worked for nothing. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have, 100%. You know, when you're looking at, um, you said you, he would have been there, that, that famous quote, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. there and they're always there now. I remember watching that game live. I wasn't at it probably too young. My dad wouldn't have taken me because obviously he wanted to have a drink and all that. <laughs> but uh, I remember hearing that. And it stuck with me, but until the kind of advent of the internet, it wasn't as widely shared, and mm-hmm. it's become one of those those quotes that appear now in, in Celtic books. It's so famous. I mean, did you realise at the time? Do you think your dad realised at the time how important those words were? 
when he's talking about the Celtic fans and they're there and they're always there. No, no, no I don't. I think that's genuinely just how he felt about yeah. them. Yeah, he was always, you know, they're the most important people at the club, and we don't have them. We've got nothing, and um, so they were so so important to him. And I think genuinely that's just like he's just opened his mouth, and that's just genuinely what he he feels. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I think as well because like there is that whole like, football without the fans is nothing. So. You know, you wouldn't have that career, you wouldn't have that success, you wouldn't have the opportunities, those highs, the lows, if you didn't have all the fans as well, do you know what I mean? So I think he totally appreciated, like, I'm here because of you, otherwise mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be here, do you know what I mean? Because that, that's just the way of it kind of thing. Um, and I think, again, he just totally appreciated that so much. And as Emma said earlier on, he would have spoke to everybody, anybody, didn't matter where you were. Mm whatever your timeline was, yeah. add two hours on it. Do you know what I mean? Because oh. if he meets somebody, yeah, that's it. Yes. But I remember leaving mean? Celtic Park with him and it would be like, for the front door to the car, you could be taught an hour and a half. Like, mm-hmm. to what, 100 yards to where his car was parked at the school. Yeah. So it wasn't his fault when he was late? Well, uh, well, well, I don't know, because I think we're all late for everything as well, so I think it must be... Correct. I know. Now, I was speaking earlier about St Mary's and obviously that was a, a very special place in the history of Celtic initially um, but it was also the, the venue for the funeral mass mm-hmm. um, how important is a place like that to, to Celtic and to the Burns family yeah I think that was like I remember thinking like when dad passed like you just think right where, are we, where is his funeral going to be and automatically I just thought right, it's going to be I just knew before even yeah. anybody told yeah. us I thought it's definitely going to be St Mary's Um yeah, and I think it's just a massive, like, important thing because, again, it was for him. That's where he was brought up. That's his kind of, like, childhood. That's where he went. So it's just, like, for him as well, like, I think he would have been so pleased with that, like, yeah, that it was totally. there and um, just really that his were you, were you not kissing in St Mary's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. obviously that's my dad's parish, so... And my I was actually born the same day as Celtic, so... <laughs> yes, same birthday as Celtic, that's right. Um, because my mum and dad get married in St Francis in the Gorbals, that's because right. that was my mum's parish, and that's why then um, I was kissing in St Mary's, because that was my dad's parish, even though at that point, like, we moved well, they lived in Newton Mearns, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I agree with Matt, that there, there's nowhere else... Um, it could have been and not so much for the Celtic connection again as opposed to that as Emma said that's where he grew up that was his parish that's where they went you know every day before after training or whatever it might be so um, and it was yeah it was just inevitable it had to be yeah, yeah totally I think uh, it was very you know almost emotional to see the fact that they've got that lasting memorial to the fact that it's um, the birthplace of Celtic now with the mosaic as you yeah. walk in it's absolutely mm-hmm. stunning mm-hmm. Um, because they were talking about how people used to say where's the plaque to commemorate the fact that it's the birthplace of Celtic mm-hmm. um, so it was only right that you were christened there as well yeah, exactly. obviously being born on the same day <laughs> exactly. um, let's talk about the play itself then because the last time you were in here you were talking about your feelings leading up to it and there was this excitement I'm sure a wee bit of nervousness so Talk to me about the whole experience of night one of the Tommy Burns story on the stage. Nerve-wracking, I think, night yeah. one. Because oh, I, I remember as well, there was, <laughs> there was like sound dishes. And then at the start, we were right at the front. So um, it was really funny, the director um, <laughs> came on to do a kind of announcement at the start, like a health and safety announcement. 
And um, he's made it in my mic then. So all these big guys are like, I can't hear you. Like, swearing at bro. Speak like, up. I was like, that in my seat. <laughs> oh, my his face is getting red. He just ran off the stage. <laughs> and then mum and dad came on with the characters. Their mics weren't on either. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I myself just first. I don't know what the executive producers were. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Exactly. Consultation only. <laughs> Not sound. Um, then it came on. And then there's a few kind of wee things like that. But obviously, just got the opening night. But night one... I think exceeds all kind of expectations, yeah. like for everyone. I don't, I don't, oh, sorry, I don't think people could believe how like, good it was. I think they were th- going to come and see a football play about like in a sale. They didn't realise how yeah. personal it was going to be, and yeah. there'd actually be like a story, a storyline to it. And as well, a total like game of two halves. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, the first can see the first the kind of opening scenes, mum and dad young, and they're all like. Acting daft and all that, do you know what I mean? I did feel as if I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pure watch this with my fingers, I can't cope with this. And then, but it was good fun, do you know what I mean, as it went on, and then the second half, and I kind of thought, all right, like, this is totally fine, because Michael was like, oh yeah, it was quite emotional, and I was like, no, like, either I'm a pure robot, or like, do you know what I mean, I felt totally fine. And then the second half was just completely yeah. different, because it just then goes into, like, my dad's illness, and, um you know, everything that came with that and a lot of his faith and stuff like that as well, which was just so, so well done. Yeah, it was really well done. Um, but, you know, quite draining. Mm, yeah, emotionally draining. What about your mum's reaction? And, you know, we've spoken about how strange it must be to watch yourself being played by someone else. Mm-hmm. She, she reacted better than I thought she would. I thought she would be quite critical. Um, only because... I think you're watching yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's playing me. I think I'd I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but no, I think she was actually. I was quite surprised at her reaction. Like she was quite, like, get really emotional by it. And I think, um, yeah, it must have been so surreal for for her for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was. And I think she was um, probably a lot more engaged than I thought she would be. Because I thought you could maybe quite easily disconnect from that because you're like right that's not me and it's I wouldn't say that I wouldn't do that but no I think she was fully kind of immersed in it when she was watching it Um, and yeah which was good for obviously Sarah that played mum as well do you know what I mean massive relief the other thing um, that I was thinking about is you know grandkids going to watch something like this Mm -hmm. tell us about that and and how touching that must have been for a grandchild to be watching that, that story on the stage yeah so Obviously, my three kids were there, um, and Cole actually got a mention in it. So when Cole was born, um, I think Arthur Boric was still at Celtic. It was the yeah. Holy Coley. Mm. So my dad transformed that into the Holy Coley. So whenever Cole came in, that to be Holy Coley, and I know that, can I carry on? So obviously, we told David Carswell this story, and he loved that. So we actually put that into the, the play. There was a part where, you know... Um, he said something like, oh, what's him? I called the wee boy and it was Cole. And he's like, oh, holy Coley. And Cole's in the front row. So he was absolutely like, that. Is that me? <laughs> so, yeah, I think the two younger ones maybe didn't tune in as much, but Cole, he's just turned 14. He was very aware of of it. And, like, I think the, the older he's getting, like, obviously, he's kind of now can go on social media and all that sort of thing. And, um, like there's always kind of like you know pages on Instagram like Retro Celtic or whatever it is there's always like maybe like a clip of my dad or him scoring a goal so he's now seen all that so yeah I think he was really immersed in it I think he was mm-hmm. fully like kind of oh my god this is unbelievable type thing mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, he loved it, and obviously he loved his wee mention as well, so he was oh, delighted with that. The other thing that um, got a great reception was the fact that Ange Postacoglu turned up no. uh, to watch it. When did you find out that was happening? Literally two minutes before he came Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew beforehand. David told me that week. So it would bother Michael. Do you know what I mean? 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 You know what I You know You know You um, not through obligation because it feels as though he went because he wanted to be there and yeah, he's there with, totally. with his wife did you get an opportunity to have a wee chat with him? I never know I was too busy working on so I don't know if you uh... <laughs> unbelievable isn't it I just said hi like obviously thanks for coming it was, it was his wife that was actually sitting um, kind of closer to us um, I think she did a wee chat with you Mark didn't she? yeah we were chatting for a wee bit she was just saying she's a his professional photographer now I think everybody <laughs> in Glasgow is looking for photos and all that so yeah, it was quite starstruck when I walked in the door even then. Yeah, totally. So it was good to see him there. Let's all just talk as Celtic fans then about Ange for a wee minute. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts been? Because it, it seemed a bit topsy-turvy initially, but I, I obviously don't speak for everybody, but I think he's got the buy-in, isn't he? 100 oh, 100%. Totally. It feels like Spirit and Ange we trust. Like, oh my God, totally. <laughs> and I think as well, like, everybody just feels as if there is this whole thing about like being a Celtic fan and you either get it or you don't and all that. And he like 100% does because, and I know it sounds pure cheesy, but there's the whole like, more than just a club and stuff like that, which it is because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be sitting here doing what we're doing just now. But I think he totally gets that as well and, and really has done from... From the word go, I think, um, and also saying earlier on, like I was kind of chatting to his wife, and and she was saying, like, like for their point of view, they almost like can't believe they're here and part of something that that is what it is because they're very much all about, um, like you know, the kind of the ethos of the club and stuff like that. And obviously, as you said, back when he was playing in Melbourne and the Greek club and stuff like that, so he's probably got. There's a lot of similarities probably mm-hmm. for them, do you know what I mean? To come to the other side of the world and feel so much a part of something um, that's, you know, shares your values and stuff, I think must be amazing for them. And for us, like, it always is that as a Celtic fan, you always want somebody that gets it. Yeah, you want somebody that can deliver, but you want somebody that gets what what the club is all about because it's people's lives, do you know what I mean? Mm. How buzzing was Cole? Cole was absolutely buzzing. So obviously the the play when the two spare seats were at the end of the row that Michael didn't inform him to who they were for. <laughs> and I got wind that it was Ange and Cole was sitting beside me and I think it was Jenna then Mark and that was like literally the door opened, the side door opened and I was like, that's him coming. So I had to run up to the two and I was like, you'll need to move. Ange is coming in, he would sit beside me. Right, go, move. So it, like, literally we're all moving seats and he's at the end going, what are you doing? What's happening? I was like, Ange is coming mode. in. I was in work mode. <laughs> Cole needs to sit beside Ange. Um, oh, he was absolutely, I think he was actually more high zicky about that, to be honest, and being at the play. He just couldn't believe it. So he was right on to like Snapchat all his pals trying to get like a pure sneaky picture of Ange and all that to prove that he was there. Uh, yeah, he was delighted, absolutely delighted. And what about the reaction? I mean, instantly, because of the advent of social media, you know when songs went well. And the positivity that came out when, that, when the play was being seen by the Celtic fans was incredible. Yeah. I mean, how happy were you at the reaction? Yeah, for me, it was like total relief really? because, like, I didn't really know what to expect going in to see it. And then it was amazing. But, you know, you, 
you knew that before you left the room. You didn't even need to go into yeah. social media. Like literally everybody was just like, I mean, I have friends like, oh my God, I had to run out at the end because I was greeting. I couldn't, like, do you know what I mean? Like people were so like affected by it and like that, the laughs and, um, you know, music was a big part of like my dad's life as yeah. well and hours in turn. So there was a lot of kind of singing along with different music and stuff like that, hymns. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing. And, and you know, like even on the night, it was like old teachers for our school and stuff were there. And in fact, the boy that played my dad, Liam Harkins, his dad was my guidance teacher in school, um, which we kind of figured that out, I think, just like not long before the play. So um, yeah, a lot of people you hadn't seen in a long time and stuff like that. So it was, it was a really amazing experience, yeah. to be honest. I remember Liam saying when we went out for lunch, um, obviously all his family are big Celtic supporters and all that kind of thing. And he was like, you know, I could actually be playing Shakespeare at the Apollo or whatever, some big place in London. He's like, my family would be like, oh, aye, right, aye, good for you. He's like, but see, when I told him I was playing Toy Burns, they were like, oh, my God. Like, it was like a phone uh-huh. call. He's like that. I just feel so happy. And I felt so happy for him because yeah. he just felt so proud to be doing it for his family as well because it was just, like, such a big deal for him and his family. And I thought, good for you. Like, yeah, that's great. Totally. You mentioned music. Who's inherited the voice, the singing talent? Jenna Michael. Uh, yeah, music. Let's not play. I think probably more so than you, but Michael. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> and what about Jonathan then? Because he would have missed out on the play, I'm guessing, or was he over? He got back. He, he came, came back, back for it. He came back for it. Yeah, yeah. he surprised us all. Every time John comes back to America, I need to tell you it's a big surprise. Like, he always yeah, he turns up. He's just, a flight and just turns up. He loves a surprise homecoming. Yeah. Um, but it was my birthday, literally three days before um, the play. So we were all out and we walked into. Arta in the town, it was like almost like a kind of part of the Red Sea, like just all these people moved and there was Jonathan sitting at a table with a pint and I was like, oh my god, what you did here? And I thought, he's come back for my birthday but uh-huh. no, he was actually back for the play, I just told everybody <laughs> back for the play, about half and half exactly. When something is a success, there is this demand, isn't there for it to come back and for it to return and that's why we're here, just to mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. what happens next, so I'm going to ask the executive producer <laughs> to fill us in on how this dates, is developed dates. Uh, no, so basically David's um, wrote a couple of different theatres about it um, and the Kings are, are taking it on. Um, the tickets go on sale on Monday the 21st of March at 10am through the Kings. Um, so it's not like before you would go on the website, you actually have to do it through the kind of, uh, box office at the Kings now. But yes, it's going there for Thursday, Friday and I think it's the 7th or the 9th. So one show on the 7th, two on the 8th and two on the 9th. Um so, oh, yeah. July. Of July, so yeah. And the ticket link yes, will be yes. under this video as well. Um, is there going to be any surprises? Anything changed? <clears throat> Not that I'm aware of. I, th- I think what will be so different though is actually seeing it on a kind of bigger stage. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to say. You know, the but screen will be bigger, they'll, they could, they'll be using the space like, differently and things like that. And I think kind of seeing it in that kind of more professional setting will be will change the dynamic of it a bit. Um, but as far as my way is keeping everything the same, because obviously it works so well the first time why why change it now I'm going to put you all on the spot will Celtic be the league champions by the time this comes round they'll start with Selmark <laughs> oh absolutely there's no doubt about it 100% 1 million percent I'll just say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still in work mode aren't you <laughs> thanks for joining us again in the studio it's been an absolute pleasure it always is a thanks pleasure talking to Tommy Burns and I really look forward to the play uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to Celtic State of Mind
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.